this blockchain. Mm-hmm. Am I correct on yep. that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm acting like I know what I'm talking about, Chris. <laughs> and I am too. <laughs> exactly. So. Welcome to the Teen Life Podcast, where we believe that teenagers are not a problem to be solved, but we are here to help you equip teenagers through the power of connection. I'm Carly Duke, and I'm here with Chris Roby. Hey. And Chris, today I am a little nervous mm-hmm. about what we're talking about. Because <laughs> we are not obviously financial experts over here. What? In, fa- in fact, Carly, are you carrying much cash around th- these days? I actually do have some cash right now, but it, it's a mistake. <laughs> I don't know how to say that. I, I got cash out because I had to pay someone and then it was less than I thought it was going to be. And I like literally texted Josh, I'm flushed with cash right now. Three dollars right. to my name here. Yeah. Is, I think I've got a couple fives in there, yeah. which is just never a yeah. thing. Because I you're right, I do not carry cash around. Well, and any cash we have is sitting in, in a drawer in our house, mm-hmm. you know, and I, it's for buying pizza or babysitters or whatever, but no, I mean I don't even have a wallet that can't carry cash right now. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How interesting. Yeah. I feel like Josh carries cash a little more than I do. And I don't know how that is if people pay him in cash and he just keeps it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'm always happy when I have cash, yeah. but it's not as common these days for sure. It's definitely not. And that's what we want to talk today about money, but specifically digital money. Mm-hmm. Because I, if I had to guess for our teenagers, they're not carrying much cash. No. Everything happens over Venmo, PayPal, Apple Pay. There are some days where I won't order something if I can't like do it online and pay ahead of time. Right, right. And that wasn't really a thing 10 years ago. No. Really, I mean, this is this is all pretty new, mm-hmm. um, but has been adopted really quickly because of its convenience factor, right? It, mm-hmm. it, it, it reduces the friction, which is what companies want um, for you to spend your cash. And you, if you can just use your face to pay, well, that's pretty easy. <laughs> Right. And it is dangerous because when I was in high school, I had a debit card too. But if I had cash, when it ran out, I was done. Mm. Where when it's digital money, especially if you're playing with Venmo and you're not even really seeing that money, it's just going out. Mm-hmm. Then you can look and go, oh, I've got no money left right. <laughs> because I've been spending it and not actually paying attention to how much is left. If you're not my mom, I have vivid memories when I was little of her like keeping the I don't know if ledger is the right word, but every check, every debit she wrote down in a book mm-hmm. every single time. Mm-hmm. I've never, ever done that. The checkbook. Yes, the yes. checkbook. They kept receipts and they looked at all of it because I'll just go online and check. But I do think that can be dangerous for our teenagers if we're not showing them how to manage that well. Um, I also wanted to <laughs> briefly touch on just some dangers of digital money before we get into cryptocurrency, which is a whole other beast. Mm-hmm. But I heard a story last week of a teenager who used his Apple Pay to buy a teddy bear from a TikTok ad for Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And people overseas are now blackmailing him. They hacked his phone. Wow. Like completely hacked his phone. They're asking for money. As far as blackmailing, they're Photoshopping his face on inappropriate pictures and sending it to contacts. So now the school had to get involved because it was going to classmates. Wow. They've threatened to go to the college that he is going to next year. And it is just, they're getting death threats. It's something that's very scary, especially for a teenager. And when you're using digital money, if you're on a website that 
it's not secure. I don't know if our teenagers know to look for that mm -hmm. because to them, well, I'll just, if they take Apple pay, that's great. I'll just right. use it right. where you've just got to be very careful. It's not as secure as cash in my hand. I know exactly where it's going to. Right. And really all you're talking about right now is kind of using dollars, right? Like cash, but cash converted digitally. Right. Yes. And so dollar for dollar, that's going to be essentially the same as cash. Yes. But when you go into cryptocurrency, that's a whole other thing. Oh, totally. <laughs> right. And it's, and it's very new and it's for the lay person, very hard to understand. And so even as we were talking before this, like how deep do we want to go on this? <laughs> you could go real deep. You, go you probably don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you might, you might turn off the team life podcast, but we don't want you to do that. We want you to stick with us. Um, so what, what we're going to do is uh, link a couple of kind of explainer primer uh, email Oh, no, Chris. Podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Only yeah. what we're doing flat, right now. Flat tire over here. I'm sorry. I'm, I'll am uh, I'll, I'll perk back up. No, so just basically uh, some good explainer podcast on cryptocurrency, NFTs, things that we're going to talk about here just on a very surface level. We want this mm -hmm. to be kind of a launching point for you to find, go and do research. And we encourage you to because this really could be kind of how money is spent yeah, this moving could be forward. The future. This could be. It's not the future yet. And some would say that, that this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but it's really good to be educated on this because um, this could be a part of things. Um, cryptocurrency is a digital or virtual currency that is secured by cryptography, which makes it nearly impossible to counterfeit or double spend. Mm -hmm. Pretty fascinating because you can counterfeit it all, a dollar, right? Mm -hmm. you, can, you can trick the system on that. Um, but cryptocurrency is built on this thing called blockchain. And... I will tell you, Carly, what I have listened to about blockchain is pretty fascinating because it's not just cryptocurrencies, lots of other things that apparently these future guys are saying this is what internet's going to run on is mm, this idea of blockchain because um, it's built upon this principle of um, scarcity, right? It, or, or there's a finite amount of this. Mm -hmm. And so the blockchain has a system of recording information in a way that makes it difficult to hack, cheat, change the system. Uh, basically, the blockchain is a, a, a digital ledger of transactions that is duplicated and distributed across the entire network of computer systems on the blockchain. So, you wake up there. <laughs> I, I might have yeah. dozed off a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but this is basically this this uh, very elegant system of of ensuring that no one's cheating or hacking the system. Mm -hmm. And so. Um, and from everything I've read and heard is pretty elegant and pretty effective. Interesting. I think what's interesting, I don't think I fully knew until I looked into it. There are thousands of cryptocurrencies. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. I think the big ones that we hear about, Bitcoin and Dogecoin, mm -hmm. are two of the ones I know I hear about often. Mm -hmm. But there are lots and lots to choose from. But as you said, they all run on this blockchain. Right. And so that's what makes it different, but also hopefully safer mm -hmm. and more secure. But where it comes in for our teenagers is it's not necessarily illegal for teenagers to buy cryptocurrency, but the major exchange websites, um, some that I've heard of Coinbase, Kraken, Binance, is that how you would say that probably? They don't allow minors to transact with cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. You have to be 18. And so that's where it's interesting. But there are other ways that teenagers can invest in cryptocurrency if that's something that they are interested in yeah i think uh as an adult in your life if this is something that a kid is your teenager is interested in um a trusted adult can help buy that and to kind of manage that um to transfer into your own digital wallet for safekeeping 
Um, I think anything that's kind of new like this needs to be really approached cautiously mm-hmm. uh, because like, you know, we don't think much about the dollar kind of going up and down in value. It does, but it's just not as dramatic as a, a newly founded uh, cryptocurrency is going to be. Right. And so there's just a lot of volatility here. You can make a lot of money, you can lose a lot of money. And so um, just knowing that that's the fact and um, understanding also, can I actually spend this? You know, look at how, how, how can I spend this? And there's just not many places that take it yet, um, just your major places. And so that's those are all slowly coming online. So it depends on what kind of risk taker you are um, and, you know, how, how much you want to get into that. Um, but yep. it's definitely something that as a parent, it's really worthwhile mm-hmm. having some cursory understanding of what this is. Well, I think because it is being heavily marketed right now. Oh, yeah. Um, heavily marketed. Podcasts I listen to, I hear ads for it. It's on Instagram. There were a ton during the Super Bowl. I don't know if you caught that. Mm-hmm. If you caught that, was it Coinbase? There was one that had the bouncing QR code mm-hmm. that finally hit the corner. That That's all it was. But when you went to the QR code, it took you to stuff that was related to cryptocurrency. Well, the old Staples Center in LA is now crypto.com. Yes. I mean, it is so, big money. <laughs> yes. And so if you think, well, my teenager has no idea about this, you're wrong. They're seeing it. Mm-hmm. Now, if they're interested, if they're clicking on it, that's a whole other issue. But they are hearing about cryptocurrency all the time. Mm-hmm. And so this is something that you need to be aware of and you need to have conversation about before you look back and go, wait, I didn't know you were investing in that. Mm-hmm. We never even talked about it. Right. And so this is something, like Chris said, we'll post other resources if you want to get deeper. Um, but we wanted you to at least have a high level understanding of it. But before we kind of get off this topic, Chris, let's talk about how can we talk to teenagers about money in general, especially when it comes to digital money, because we need to be having the conversation, not just about cryptocurrency, but about managing money well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think when you kind of go back to just basic budgeting and knowing, you know, your ins and outs and how, you know, are you, are you making more than you're spending? Mm-hmm. Are you saving all those kind of things. Those things apply just on resources and just in general. And so, you know, we, we really focus on physical money when we have those conversations, but crypto, anything that you're going to be spending, you know, do you want your, your solid dollars in something that's going to maybe lose a lot of money? Mm-hmm. And so just is helping them understand. So, so it's in some ways it's just understanding what investing is, you know, which is for some people even in their older age aren't really into. And so, Right now, it is more of an investment, and you have to have those conversations around that. But I also think, too, you know, at least for the time being, it, this conversation really is more around the Venmo, Apple Pays, yeah. those kinds of things. But understanding that those numbers you're seeing on that screen represent real dollars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just because you don't physically see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And so I think, too, in some area of a teenager's life, that even like I, I just said, I don't care, really care a lot of cash. I probably should, you know, I should probably know what it feels like to give someone something and feel that pain of losing it for something yeah, bad. Right. Yeah. And so I think to attach some kind of real lived experience for teenagers to have to go pay for their pizza with, with a $20 bill, you know, because that is still the currency that we, even though it's been digitized, that's what we use. Mm-hmm. So, so creating opportunities for a teenager to actually spend physical cash that they earned uh, or to carry it with them or to keep it safe or whatever that looks like, I think is really formative because it takes theoretical things like Venmo or Apple Pay and makes them very real and tangible. Mm-hmm. I also think talking about where they spend their money, making sure it's safe. Mm-hmm. 
when Josh and I first got married, for some reason, my debit card got hacked like four times. Wow. I mean, it was ridiculous. I was on the phone all the time trying to get that figured out. And people were buying jeans, thousands of dollars of jeans on our card. Hmm. And so having conversations about what can we do to protect our money, especially if you're using it digitally. Um, are there certain websites we for sure don't? Do you need to talk about it before you spend that digitally? Mm. Are there some things that are safer, like maybe a PayPal compared to actually using your physical card somewhere? Mm -hmm. Those are all things that you need to be talking about with your teenager um, and how they're spending their money online. If you have older teenagers, maybe it's a time to talk about credit mm. and to talk about getting a credit card. I'm not saying you trust every teenager with that because right. the credit card companies are calling, especially once I turn 18. Mm -hmm. But talk about if you do get a credit card, how do you pay it off? Mm -hmm. Can you pay it off completely every single month and treat it less like credit and more like a debit card? Those mm -hmm. are conversations that you want to be having when your teenagers in your home mm -hmm. so that when they're on their own and have their own money and are spending their own digital money, that they have context for that and have tools that will help them be successful. We have an exciting event coming up for Teen Life, which is our first annual Top Golf Tournament on April 3rd. So you can still sign up or become a sponsor at www.teenlife.ngo slash topgolf. And speaking of sponsors, I want to take a second to thank our Eagle sponsor and longtime supporter, Trinity Portfolio Advisors. We want to give a special shout out to our good friend, Jeff McCain, who is a previous board member, and he is doing incredible work with Trinity. We are so thankful for the way they're investing in teens and their community. And this is an event that you are not going to want to miss if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So once again, you can find out more about Trinity and our other sponsors and how you can get tickets either as an individual or a team at teenlife.ngo slash topgolf. Now let's get into something maybe even a little more fuzzy. We're not good. You're possible? not getting any easier here. <laughs> I want to talk about NFTs. Because it kind of builds on this blockchain. Mm -hmm. Am I correct on yep. that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm acting like I know what I'm talking about, Chris. <laughs> and I am too. <laughs> exactly. So this is something that we're hearing about a lot more. Mm -hmm. And it still doesn't fully make sense to me, but I've done some research into it. So mm -hmm. I feel like I'm at least more comfortable talking about it. NFT stands for non-fungible token. Right. So non-fungible more or less means it's unique. It can't be replaced with something else. Mm -hmm. I think this is fascinating. Mm -hmm. Just the, just I don't fully understand how it plays out. And I'm, I'm going to learn more about that. But I've heard about, I heard, heard about this about a year ago. And just how the, some of the earliest NFTs were sold and sold for a lot of money. A lot of money. And I was like, that, that's fascinating. Because one of the, one of the criticisms of just the internet is you can just copy things, right? And, and that was the whole, if you're old enough to remember Napster, that's what took down the music industry was that, oh, well, we just make copies and give them out for free, right? Mm -hmm. There was no original of that. When I was younger, the originals, you wouldn't bought a CD, right? right? And you just had a physical representation. And you know, there's lots of them. There's, but it, NFTs go even deeper to where artists can make the one copy that there is no other copy and because of the blockchain cannot be copied. They can mm -hmm. only have one. Now NFTs will exist on a certain blockchain. It's so like Ethereum is a blockchain or a, a crypto and you can buy 
you can buy NFTs through that that mm. specific uh, cryptocurrency. I don't I don't have enough knowledge to know if there are other platforms that support NFTs or if it's just Ethereum. But that's the one I've heard about. And so these artists are making all kinds. There's a whole um, I forgot the name of it, but there was a whole series of uh, apes, like uh, ape ape avatars that huh. that famous people bought and there's only a certain kind that you know have a certain kind of jean jacket or sunglasses or a, but that was the only one and that was a, that was a trend for a little while of of the ape avatar Interesting. Um, yeah you know these artists are making these incredible amounts of money and i think there's a really cool opportunity for the arts to grow through something like mm-hmm. this um to make especially musicians like there's this one recording that will never exist in any other place can make a lot of money what's even more fascinating is that every time it's good for the artist because every time it's sold, that artist gets a percentage of that sale into perpetuity. Oh, interesting. So there's a certain percentage because of the blockchain can't be repl- replicated. It's or attached to that it. one. Yeah, they can track it. And so it's really fascinating how that's going to change things um, in the in the crypto space. Yeah, and that's what this has. NFTs have been around since 2014, which I didn't realize mm-hmm. because it's really gaining excitement right now around digital art and using technology for that but an nft can be anything digital mm-hmm. so it could be a gif it could be videos sports highlights and mm-hmm. um, it can be collectibles virtual avatars like you were talking about video game skins sneakers music tweets the co-founder of twitter sold his first tweet for over 2.9 million dollars wow. that's wild that's wild <laughs> that's wild so they're spending hundreds of thousands even millions of dollars on these nfts And this is what's so fascinating to me is they own the original, but I could still go and save the image or video. Mm -hmm. It just wouldn't be the original. Right. And so it's almost this, you're buying the ownership of it. Mm -hmm. And for um, one of the examples that I saw on on an article was anyone can buy a Monet print, but there's only one person who owns the original Monet. Mm -hmm. And that's where the value comes is I have the original. I don't have just a print or copy of it you're buying the original. One of the reasons I wanted to talk about this right now is because Facebook recently launched NFT profile pictures. Okay. So this is coming to social media. I'm mm-hmm. sure it's all part of their metaverse. Yeah, it's very metaverse yep. thing. And so I don't know how many teenagers are doing this because once again, it's linked to cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. right? I don't think you can spend, just go spend your no, cash and buy an NFT. Exactly, you yeah. Have, you have to buy into cryptocurrency to buy an NFT. So I don't know how much they're doing this but i think this is coming and it's something to watch right and you know like all new technologies these providers are going to make it easier and easier and easier to adopt and onboard right now there's a lot of friction there's a lot of steps you have to take to be able to get to an nft level and honestly a lot of wealth that you have to have to pull that off but i would anticipate the next five years it'd be much easier to to actually own an NFT, that that little piece of digital real estate and to be able to trade it to sell it as a part of anyone's portfolio. For the tip this week, Chris, I want to talk about something a little different, but when it comes to safety, this is something that, especially as a girl, I really appreciate. Hmm. I'm not saying that men don't think about this, but if I'm by myself, if I'm on a walk, if I'm by myself in the parking lot, I am constantly looking around, Hmm. making sure I'm safe, making sure no one's around me. And the iPhone, I'm saying this for the iPhone. I am sure there's something out there for Android and other yeah, ones as well. But I think, I don't want to make an assumption, but most people are on the iPhone. And mm-hmm. so that's the instructions that I'm going to give for this. But there's something called an emergency SOS call. Mm-hmm. 
So when you call emergency SOS, an alert will sound, a countdown will begin. If you don't end the countdown, your iPhone will call emergency services. They will send a text of your location to your emergency contacts and emergency services. Wow. So you can go in your settings and set up emergency contacts. Like for me, it's my husband and my parents. Mm -hmm. And it's a great safety feature. The alert can scare off anyone who might be near you or your teen. So if your teen is walking and someone they feel unsafe and they set off that alarm, hopefully that will draw attention to them of other people will be looking. Maybe mm -hmm. it'll scare off someone. And it also gives them a quick way to call for help. Here's where this is interesting. Anyone can activate the call by holding the power and the volume buttons together. Mm -hmm. And then you'll see there's a sliding bar that comes up that says SOS, emergency SOS. Or you can set it up in your settings that if I press, I have it set up. If I press the side button of my phone five times quickly, it'll automatically start going off. Okay. So if you don't have time to be looking at your screen and holding and sliding, but someone's there, I can in my pocket just set it off Okay. really quickly. So this is something that you have to set up in your health app and in your settings. I will put these instructions in the show notes for people. But I just think it's a really interesting safety feature that you might consider telling your teenagers about. Yeah, I think too, uh, understanding the back end is I, I didn't, I've known about this feature, but I didn't know about going in the setting off or setting up the contacts that would contact. Yeah. And so that, that, that's great information for a parent to be able to get back in those settings. I would guess that Android likely has something similar to this. I would and, guess so too. So yeah, Google that if you're an Android, I'll look for that too. And if I can find something, an article, I will put that in the link too. But we want you to stay safe and we want your teenagers to stay safe as well. All right, that's a wrap on this one. Thank you so much for listening. A special thanks to Carly Duke and to Kelly Fan for producing this podcast. Also to Luke Cabrera for our awesome podcast music. If you want to know more about Luke and his music, check out his contact info in the description. Well, this podcast is for the helpers, and we really hope you feel helped. If there's something we haven't talked about or a topic that you're really interested in, email us at podcast at teenlife.ngo, and we will do our best to get to that topic. We will see you next week.